Good morning and welcome to Chanel. We are so glad that you are with us today. Uh, if you're joining us online, we're glad that you are a part of Chanel as well. Uh, well, we made it. Uh, <laughs> if I'm honest with you, uh, there might have been, and maybe you agree with this, there might have been parts of last year that you, you couldn't see what 2023 looked like. This church, I'm, I'm big on just kind of putting things out there. This, this church felt a lot last year. Uh, we felt loss of members. Uh, we felt loss of staff. Uh, we felt fatigue, pain, frustration. You, you name the emotion and you fill in the blank and we, we probably experienced it. And it, it was a lot. See, Scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. So, say, so if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. When you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. I've read this passage a lot over the last week as I started reflecting on this sermon, and I kept coming back to this feeling that, that I don't like this passage. Um, I don't like it for, for two different reasons. Uh, the first one is because it tells us that we are going to experience things that maybe we don't want to experience. Those feelings of frustration, those seasons of loss, those periods of fatigue, we are not guaranteed exemptions from them. And many have interpreted this and maybe changed the passage a little bit to say that God will never place so much on our shoulders that it will overcome us. And so we kind of have two elements of emotions that develop of, to me, fear of like, oh no, things are going to be difficult from time to time. But there's also a level of encouragement that we should take away from a passage like 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And that yes, we will have seasons of pain. We will have seasons of frustration. But God will see us through those. That regardless of what is placed on our shoulders, whatever emotions that we feel, God will in, allow us to endure that, to move forward. But I believe that sermons, the intent of sermons are to equip and encourage. And so I'm not going to end there with a very you know, scary passage about how sometimes things are really tough. And even though they may feel overwhelming, that God will help us endure. And so this morning, what I want to do is do those two things, encourage and equip. For me at Chanel, I think there are three things that we must do in 2023. And to do that, I'd like to begin with a reference from Philippians chapter 3. Paul writes this, and starting in verse 12, Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of for me. Next passage. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. For me, one of the things that I think that we must continue to do in 2023 as a church is be focused on God. Focused on where God is leading us. Because each new year is a blank slate. It is. J.J. mentioned New Year's resolutions. I hate New Year's resolutions because I always disappoint myself, especially if you share those with people. If you're putting them on Facebook, we're going to judge you. We're going to hold you accountable. Put your Facebook resolutions out there, we'll do it. But each new year is a blank slate. 
And as a church, as a community of believers, it is an opportunity for us to dream and cast our eyes on where we want to go. But to do that, we must keep our focus on the upward, go, upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So as a community, as a church, the first and most important thing that we must do in 2023 and something that I believe that we do well at Chanel is to keep our focus on Christ. Because whatever dreams that we may have for this congregation and, and the work that we desire to do in our community and for our neighbors, all of that will be for naught if we lose that focus. So the starting point for us in 2023 must be a focus on Christ. And if we are focused on Christ, when things get challenging, we can do the next thing. For me, the next thing that we must do as a church in 2023 is stay the course. One of the questions that I get the most when talking to people kind of one-on-one about ministry is, why are you still in ministry? And depending on the person and the tone, uh, I can take those, <laughs> that question two different directions. If the tone is like, why are you still in ministry? Um, I don't want to eat lunch with that person anymore, because that's kind of rude. But if the tone is like, why, why are you still in ministry? Like, it's an earnest question that is, is concerning, and it is uh, someone asking how I'm doing. They're, they're concerned about my well-being. When I get that question, I, I try to give them a different answer. Because we all know this, that, that church is hard. Church, in my opinion, is a, a diverse group of people who have different passions and different interests and different thoughts from every spectrum, and they come together as one to be focused on God. But when you have a lot of those different opinions and voices, like, things can get challenging and they can get frustrating. But if we stay the course and we keep our hearts focused on God, something beautiful can happen. But when I have those conversations with people, I, know I normally reference two different individuals that have greatly influenced my life. The first is my grandmother, Miss Janine Oglesby. And I've talked about my grandmother quite a bit, specifically her stiff blue couch that we were not allowed to sit on. But I love my grandmother, and she was one of the greatest individuals, in my opinion, that ever walked this earth. But my grandmother loved this man, this preacher named Jerry Barber. Jerry Barber was her favorite preacher. This is well after I was a preacher. I felt like I could have moved up the ranking a little bit, but didn't. Grandma didn't budge. My grandmother loved Jerry Barber, and he was a preacher at our church forever. And so anytime that Jerry Barber came into town, my grandmother made it her effort and her goal to invite Jerry Barber and his wife over and cook dinner for them. And we'd sit through these meals, and my grandmother would just rave about Jerry Barber's sermons and the work that he was doing. And there was a point where after one of the dinners, I said, hey, you know, Grandma, like, one, I'm a minister too, would love some of that encouragement. But what is the deal? Like, why are we all in on Jerry Barber? And my grandmother told me years ago, like, church is hard. And if I can be an encouragement to somebody to help them stay the course, I want to be. And if the way that I'm doing that is providing a meal and encouraging that person, I want to be that person. And the other person is Roxanne Swadener. Roxanne Swadener passed away uh, last week. And if I were to give you an answer of why am I still in ministry, Roxanne Swadener is one of them. I've told the story before without using her name, but Roxanne Swadener was the first person that ever yelled at me in ministry. Um, and, and it's okay to laugh, but she, she was the first person that ever let me know that I was not God's gift to student ministry. And in a conversation that we had when I had messed up, she said, Bryce, church is hard, and you need people in your life that will tell you when you mess up. Now, we don't want you to quit. 
We don't want to discourage you, but we want to be there for you so that you will stay the course. And I thought about those two individuals as I was in this section this week thinking about church being hard and being individuals that help other people stay the course. Because we see that example in Scripture as well. One of my favorite letters that we see in the epistles is Timothy. I like Timothy for a lot of different reasons, but I really like the letters that are like 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, because we get to kind of play with the text a little bit. And what I mean by that is that we know that Timothy wrote a letter to Paul. We don't have that letter. Wish we did, but we don't have that letter. And so Paul is responding to questions that Timothy has in 1 Timothy. Now, if I were to give you a guess as to what Timothy wrote to, in his letter to Paul, it went something like this. I don't like these people. I want to leave. They're mean to me. In some form or fashion, I'm not sure what the Greek is in that situation, but essentially that's what Timothy was getting at. Don't like it here. I want to leave. Give me the green light. And what Paul responds to Timothy is this, in verse 11 of chapter 4. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Till I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through the prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Next one. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourselves wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Preserve in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Think about this if you're Timothy. You're young. You're discouraged. You're frustrated. And you go to your mentor. You go to Paul, and you're like, Hey, Paul, I, I don't want to be here. I don't feel like I'm doing good work here. Uh, people are making me cry. You know, I'm sure there's a little bit of that. I'm sure Timothy cried. We all cry. It's okay. But he doesn't want to be there. And in, in this moment where Paul could have said, you're right. Church is hard, Timothy. You go somewhere where it's easier for you. I, I use a word a, a lot. You go find your echo chamber. You go find your people that agree with you on everything. You go be around those people. But that's not what Paul does. Paul does is he says, you need to stay where you are, Timothy. Because God has placed you in this moment in this time with these people for a reason. And it's not for you to leave. It's not for you to abandon them because you, you maybe you're frustrated, maybe because you don't like everything that's going on in the church. But God needs you there for a reason. Now, I want you to all to think about this, even if you're watching online, that God has placed you here in this moment for a reason. It's not just so you can sit on your hands. It's not so you can just sit and twiddle your thumbs. It's because God wants to use you. He wants to use your skills, your gifts, your talents to continue to forward progress on the kingdom of heaven on earth. And that's exactly what Paul is telling Timothy. God doesn't want you to waste your talents. God wants to use you in this moment. You were created with passions, with desires, with hopes and dreams. Use those now. I don't know how Timothy received this letter. I like to believe that Timothy was probably working on his resume, trying to figure out what other churches were hiring. But if I'm Timothy and if I read this command that we see in chapter 4, I think Timothy probably shut his computer 
or his tablet or papyrus probably, but rolled it back up. But regardless, it's, I'm working on my distractions. I'm doing really well, I think. But I'll think about that later. But my point is this, is that Timothy probably shut that down and realized for the first time in a long time that he needed to stay the course. Yes, he was distracted with his frustrations, but God was trying to use him in this moment. And the third thing that I think that we need to do as a church in 2023 is dream. I know this is an abstract term, and maybe it's a trigger word for you if you're you know, a type A person that's like, I want to know what we need to do, I want to get the plan figured out, and I want to move towards it. I get that. I'm like that a lot too. But in 2023, I think we need to dream. I think we need to look for opportunities of growth in our lives and in this church. Are we willing to trust God and believe that God will will lead us in new areas of service and outreach? Perhaps this year is the year that you join the praise team. Send your resumes to Jeff. Don't don't send me audio clips from your phone of you singing. Um, I'll just forward them straight to Jeff. But maybe you've been sitting there and thinking, hey, you know what? I, I have this gift. I love to sing. But I've never taken that next step and dreamed that maybe I could be a part of what we're doing over here. Or maybe you're saying to yourself, hey, I'm, I'm great with kids. Uh, kids think that I'm funny. Oh, this, this is me speaking specifically. But um, maybe you're just sitting there thinking, like, kids think I'm funny. I work great with kids. Maybe this is the year that you take that step and you dream about what your role is in our children's ministry program. But it's dreaming. One of the images that, that I love the most in the conversation of dreaming and thinking about new things is a couch. I just mentioned just a second ago my grandmother's couch. She had a blue couch. It was the stiffest couch that you would have ever sat on. No one besides Jerry Barber was allowed to sit on that couch. We all were regulated to the, the sitting couch in the back room. Um, but we, we understand like what a couch is. And just for a moment, I'd like you to humor me and play a game that I'm going to call Guess That Couch. And so I've got a few images of couches, and if you know the couch, you can just kind of say it out loud. Let's go to that first one, Miles. Where's this couch from? I heard it over there. Is that you, Tracy? What is it? Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Okay, that was a curveball. Uh, let's go to the next one. Friends, okay, very good. Uh, next one? Simpsons, I heard it. Okay, and last one? There we go. I heard Seinfeld. Congratulations. So, um, all of you, we're giving you couches from the youth room after this. You can pick them up after church. Um, they're gross and they have holes in them. So anyway, uh, I, I use the image of a couch for this, is that we all know the function of a couch. It's to sit on. But throughout our lives, we've all likely sat on different couches. I mentioned my, my grandmother's couch. I can remember visually the couch that my sister and I would sit on and open up our Christmas gifts. I can remember the, the first couch that I had in college that likely condemned that dorm. It was the grossest couch that I think ever existed. I think about the, the Ikea couch that Whitney and I have now because we live with two gremlins that don't want us to have nice things. But the couch, the function stays the same, but the couch looks different at different stages of our lives. And for me, as I think about dreaming new dreams in 2023, I think the couch needs to change a little bit. When we talk about being a church that thinks about how can we reach people in our community, the reality is that people do not come to church on Sunday mornings just because the doors are open. As a church, I think our couch needs to look like a church that is active in our community, thinking of new ministries of outreach and growth. Maybe you've been sitting on this idea of a book club forever. 
I'm using this example because someone literally gave this to me a few weeks ago. But a, a book club that meets here, it doesn't have to be a book about faith, but it can be. But you're getting groups of people together and just saying, hey, let's talk. Let's get to know each other. Because today, in 2023, growth in churches happen through relationships. That is how you grow a church in today's world. It's through connecting with your neighbors. It's through connecting with your coworkers, people that you are maybe on PTA with, whoever that may be, but looking for those windows that God opens up for you to say, hey, this is something that we're doing in our church that we're excited about. Or this is a group of our church that we play Bunko the, the third Tuesday, I think that's right, the third Tuesday of every month. It's a great group of ladies, still have never gotten that invite. But I hear great things about it. But looking for those different couches that maybe look different than what they used to do. Now, I will say this. We will never change the gospel. We will never change the function of the couch. To me, the the purpose of the church is to seek and save the lost. We will never change that. And so when I talk about a new couch, I'm talking about ways to get people in here so that we can show them and introduce them to Jesus. So if I hear that there's a group of people who like doing wheelbarrow races on Wednesday nights, man, I'm going to try to find a way to do wheelbarrow races on Wednesday nights to get people in this building and get them excited about who Jesus is. But my point is this, is that we are at a point in our church's history that we can dream. But we can only dream if we stay the course and we focus on the gospel. This morning I had Gary read from Isaiah chapter 43. And I want to end the sermon with the last two lines of that in verses 18 and 19. Miles, if you got that for me. The prophet Isaiah writes, Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. I think one of the things that we have done a lot at Chanel is we've looked at the past a lot. You can learn a lot from the past. You can take away a lot from the past and say, Hey, we want this part of our past to be a part of our future as well. But if all we're doing is looking at the bad things in the past you're always just going to be dwelling on what could have been. And so the prophet Isaiah says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do not perceive it. I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. For me, the call of our church in 2023 is to look for those new ways, those new opportunities of growth and outreach in our community, in our relationships, in our neighborhoods, And then when we see them, we go after them. We don't just talk about them, we do them. Because for me, we focus on Christ, we stay the course, and we dream a little bit. I'm excited about where God can take this church in this next year. Let's stand and sing together.